Welcome to Cash Considerations, the podcast that takes you behind the Las Vegas sports book from the guys who actually work behind it with your hosts, Alan Berg and Dave Sharapan. Well, Big Dave, we are finally through the marathon. It seems the NFL regular season and the playoffs are here. How's it going tonight, my man? It's good. It's good. I'm fighting a little cold, a little uh, post-New Year's something. So if I cough or make a noise, I'm uh, pre-warning everyone. I apologize. (laughs) Just got to be drinking the tequila right now like I am. Oh, man. I didn't know. I didn't know. I would have. Just have a little cocktail, man. It'll help. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. So, yeah, I mean, we're finally here. Um, We've got some interesting games, uh, some some games that I think people are excited for in one conference, and in the other conference it's a bit of a mess. Um, Yeah, that's an understatement. Yep. Yeah. Um, You know, we've got some some interesting things for you guys tonight to talk about, uh, some line movement, uh, where we think things are heading, what the matchups might look like down the road. And, you know, maybe even delve into that Patriots story that uh, is pretty much taking over NFL talk right now. <laughs> yep, I'm sure we both have an interesting take on that one. No doubt, no doubt. All right, my man, well, let's uh, let's just jump right in. People want to hear about the, uh, the playoff games and the spreads here we got in Vegas. So we'll start with 101, 102, Titans and Chiefs. Um, at Caesars, we got eight and a half and forty-four and a half, and the eight and a half seems pretty normal throughout town. Um, wind does have a forty-five total right now. You can see a uh, minus four thirty is your best price on the Chiefs money line at, at Caesars Palace. The best uh, dog price on the Titans is plus three seventy-five at CG, and then uh, the first half uh, there's a plus six actually from Canner as well, which is kind of interesting. Yep. Uh... This one's been weird all week, man. It's drawing, at least at our place, more two-way action than I anticipated, or at least that maybe is going on elsewhere. Because from all the talking heads and all, all the analyst stuff that I've seen, Kansas City just has to show up and this one's over. Uh, you know, they're going to win. They're going to win handily. Hard to argue. And, you know, we've been bashing Tennessee for weeks and I, I can't really make an argument as to why they're going to make this one close. But does the line seem a little bit high? You know, I think the line is good from the sense of what you were just saying, that you are seeing some two-way action. I feel like if the number was, say, seven, I think you'd see way more Chiefs bets, uh, right, especially yeah. on, the, on the public side of things. Um, the thing I find interesting is I, I've been kind of going over this game and over this game. And I, I mentioned in the uh, show earlier this week that I had about six what I would consider sharper guys that I know, and they were split right down the middle, 3-3. Three, three. Two guys even told me they thought the Titans would win the game. And I'm kind of coming up with the the thought that depending on what Chiefs team shows up, that's that really will determine this game. And I think if the, the wrong Chiefs team shows up, they could get caught flat-footed by this Titans team. Yeah, for sure. that. If they if they don't win the turnover battle, it's, that, that's usually the case. I mean, that's not unearthing anything new. But if they if they turn the ball over, they're going to lose the game. Forget about covering the spread; they're going to be in big trouble because if they give the the Titans a, a short field where they can put some points up, they are going to they, they are going to have a, a, a tough time of it. But 
man, I don't, I don't know. Like Tennessee's offense is so beyond mediocre. Like it's just not good. And I, I don't know them going outside in, in January in Kansas city. I didn't look at the weather report. I mean, it's bitter cold everywhere, but here. So, <laughs> I mean, if you're listening, you're probably next to a fire. Or you got the heat on or something because it's, it's, it's really cold everywhere. I expect it to be cold there tomorrow, but I don't it gets, know. It gets a little chilly in Tennessee too, believe it or not, in the uh, yeah. January months. They can get snow and all these kinds of things too. So I, I don't know if it's too big of a deal for them. But I don't know. If I'm picking a game, I, I think I have to lay the points. It's not it's it's not a great play, but my my thought is probably to lay the points in this one, but I, I kinda like the under. You know, and and, and only because I don't think Tennessee's gonna score. I think Tennessee um, again, unless Kansas City, like you said, they don't show up or they show up slow and, and unable to run the ball, uh, man, it, it could be uh, could be a really ugly game. Yeah, it's weird. You know, I kind of feel like this is a this is a different type of a game and one that I'm not crazy about the Titans getting the points and I'm not crazy about laying the Chiefs. So I look at it like if you're going to play this game, I think you take the value of the fact of where the spread is for the Chiefs and you do a teaser. And you go through seven and three to get the uh, advantage there, and if you don't like that, then I think you take the plus three seventy five with the Titans and just roll the dice, hoping that they'll pull an upset and the Chiefs D will be bad. And like you said, maybe they turn the ball over and all of a sudden you got a great ticket. And you know that's pretty much all I can really tell you about that game. It's it's a, it's an ugly one. It is ugly, but would it totally shock you to see Tennessee win the game? Not at all, and that right. and that's the reason I feel like that it's it's worth considering for sure. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm in the same, I'm in the same ballpark there. I, I, it wouldn't be totally shocking. It's hard to see, but you know, Kansas city turns the ball over three times and Tennessee gets points off of at least two of them. They can win the game. So yeah, it's a, it's an ugly one, but it's the way to kick off the weekend, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully for them, it's the first game on the board. So they'll get some action on it. Right. Uh, so up next, we got the uh, five o'clock game, the the prime time thing. Uh, we got Atlanta at the Los Angeles Rams playing their first playoff game at home since God knows when. Uh, they're laying <laughs> six points, and the total is forty eight and a half at Caesars. Um, I see some five and a halfs and sixes pretty much, and then the total is anywhere from forty eight to forty nine. Uh, CG's got the best money line on the Rams at minus two forty. Will Hill has plus 230 on the Falcons, and the first half is 3-24 and 24 pretty much most places. What do you see in this one? Anything in, stand out to you? Well, and again, just based on a lot of the other shows and talking heads and things that you listen to all week, the thing that's coming up against the Rams is their lack of experience. You know, Goff's first playoff start, McVay's first playoff game coaching against a team that, you know, ran the table, went to the Super Bowl last year, and arguably should have won it. Um, I'm not buying it. I, I, I think the Rams, especially at home, uh, have been exceptional this season. And I expect them to be able to move the ball and score. Uh, you kind of put me on this total earlier in the week when you mentioned you liked the over. And everyone's betting this one under, Al. Like I, I know, uh, and, I, know. And, I, and I don't understand it. 
I know it's interesting, and I, I like the fact that it seems like everyone's got an under ticket here. And I'm like, both these offenses can score. I mean, imagine if he, even one of them breaks away. You're telling me neither one could possibly put up 35 in this game? Yeah, that's what, and and that's the way I see it happening. Like, it's either gonna be a shootout where they trade scores, or one team's gonna kind of pull away. And in my opinion, I think it's gonna be the Rams. I think that the the feeling for me sitting in the book all week and, you know, taking the bets, taking the parlay cards and stuff. Atlanta's on way more tickets than the Rams, just mm-hmm. from what I see right. um, in this game. So, and again, that's just a narrow range, but, you know, because, I mean, every book's different and different clientele, things like that. But I know at least, um, you know, what I'm seeing down on the strip there is Atlanta's a very popular choice, even on the money line. But plus the points, they're the dog that's getting the most play hands down of all four games. And the teasers, they're taking Atlanta and the under in the, in wow. this one. And I guess because it's high and I don't know else why. I mean, the Rams are on a streak of five straight overs. And at home, they score a lot of points. So I don't know. I mean, is your Falcon jinx going to come into play here? Do you have a side in this one? <laughs> uh, you know, I really don't have a side uh, for basically all the reasons you mentioned. The fact that, you know, you got a, a young, very young quarterback making his first playoff start at home against a veteran team um, that's, you know, as you said, done it before. For me, I, I just say go with the over, man. I really think that you're getting a lot of value out of this total. The fact that it's dropped under the original number. And there's always the chance that it's being driven down by people so they can pound it, you know. Right, yeah. I mean, and the move on game day usually is the one that I really respect. You know, you see the trickle down during the week and the trickle down, but when it moves, like tomorrow, you know, if you're at work or I'm at work and I see a, a point-and-a-half move or a two-point move, that's the way I would play the game. So if this one ends up at 46 or 47, whatever, 47-and-a-half, maybe that is the side, but – I see this trickling down. I like the over. And, I mean, Atlanta was 2-6 and six on the road against the spread this year. They're not a good road team. They're just mm-hmm. not. So why expect them now to go on the road? Yes, they've played good as of late. But I just think if, you, if you're looking at the season as a whole, asking them to go on the road and beat this Rams team who's really clicking on all cylinders and had a week off. I mean, essentially the starters didn't play last week. And they're all rested and healthy. I mean, they're they're at 100% health. So, I don't know. I, I like the Rams. Yeah, and I think for an offensive mind coach like McVay, that's that's a huge advantage to have your offense relaxed. And they've probably been working for, you know, week, like what, two weeks now on just yeah. the first 10, 15 plays of the game. So, there's a good chance they come out looking real sharp to begin the game. Now, whether that'll last or not, who knows. But I have a good feeling that they'll put they'll put something together on their first drive. Oh, and it's, I expect them, if they get up, you're going to get girly left, girly right, girly sweep, and Atlanta better find a way to stop the run because if they get going downhill, the Rams can really roll it up. I mean, they no can doubt. get going. Yep. Yep. All right, so we're going to move on here to Sunday now. Uh, this definitely has the, uh, the, the kind of stench of the Titans-Chiefs a little bit. We got one team possibly in here that's the uh, the – Kind of interesting team. We're not quite sure what we have here with the Jags, but um, 105-106, we got Bills, Jags. Jags laying nine and uh, total being 40 at Caesars Palace. 
There's eight and a half. Uh, Westgate has a 39 if you're interested. Uh, South Point and Westgate both have plus 360 on the Bills. Uh, Moneyland across the board was pretty much similar for the Jags. Um, and then we have uh, plus six at the Westgate on the first half for the Bills, and 19 and a half seems to be a pretty much the total norm. Um, anything for you on this game before I get to just, you know, raving about how much I love Jacksonville? <laughs> uh, Jags D, baby, you've been saying it for <laughs> weeks. I wish it had a T-shirt made that just said that. Uh, Bills defense is ranked 29th in the league uh, against the run. Uh, that doesn't bode well in this matchup because Jacksonville makes no bones about it. We're going to run the ball. So uh, not not a good matchup uh, of units there. Another stat I have here is Bortles is 8-0 this season when he does not throw an interception. How about that one? But they're two and six when he does. <laughs> so if you're watching the game in game and he throws a pick, play the Bills money line right there. You got a really probably good number. Uh, I don't know, man. The number seems like somebody must know whether McCoy is going to play or not. Nine? Like, where is this thing going to go if McCoy doesn't play? Are we going to see ten? Yeah, I think with the fact that we we're seeing mainly nines out there, uh, the eight and a halfs have been strong. I, I feel like all of a sudden McCoy, you know, pops off. He'll be nine and a half and possibly ten pretty quickly. Um, I get the feeling that why it stayed where it is too is because I think with the only information we really have about McCoy, the thing I didn't like hearing was he said he hoped to play without pain, and you know we all know it's the playoffs and you want to man up and you want to play. If a guy's already thinking about that and we're days away from the playoff game, I, you know, it's like how effective is he really going to be? Is he going to, if he's not 100%, Jags should be fired up to play this game, you know, home playoff game when, when they've been, you know, arguably the Browns, you know. I mean, just, just yeah. franchise that just never could get anything going. And, and now they're here. The defense is, is young and talented and, uh, you know, I, I've been thinking about it, and I, I kind of was like, if McCoy plays, I felt like the Bills were the right side. But, man, I just don't think they're getting really little Sean McCoy. So I think you lay the nine with the Jags. Okay. I don't re- I don't have a side here. I have no – the number's right for me. I, I mean, if it gets higher, I think if it got to 10, I think you could get me to bite on the Bills, actually. I just think that, uh, you know – the Bortles factor, I can't get it out of my mind, but the Jags D can make up for that. I mean, if he throws a pick, they can get a pick. You know, as long right. as they play the, as long as they keep the turnovers even, or just limit the Bills to doing nothing, you know, they can withstand and win a really ugly game. I mean, the totals interesting to me. This thing is low, thirty nine and a half, maybe a forty. You said, um, wow, first one to twenty wins this one. I think, right? I mean, like first one to 20, it's probably going to be 20 to 10, something yeah, like that. Man, I don't know. I, I think there's more scoring here from Jacksonville personally. I, I just feel like if the Bills are going to get to a point where, say, they're down 10 in the third quarter maybe, and then Tyrod has to try to make something happen and, and just can't. You know, just the receivers aren't good. He doesn't have a ton of line. Uh, the running game's probably not going to be working, so – you know, it's it's the last game of the year kind of thing if they don't move the ball. And I, I just feel like at that point there will be a turnover, and I think Jacksonville could end up rolling this game up 
good in the second half. I think they'll be a great second half bet if the line is still technically in play. Yeah, for sure. This is one. This is one that you have to look at in game because, Definitely. like you said, if it's close, misleading close, where right. you know it's ten to three, thirteen to six, something at halftime, you lay it. You, you lay it on Jacksonville for sure. Well, right on. All right, so we got the last one here, the wild card weekend. We got the 107-108, the Panthers and the Saints, a little uh, NFC South division matchup. Uh, this year the Saints swept the Panthers. Uh, they're laying 7 minus 105 at Caesars and 48. Uh, total's pretty much the same everywhere from what I could tell, pretty much 48s. Um, Canner does have, uh, excuse me, CG does have minus there you go. 6, minus 120. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, I see Westgate and Will Hill have a plus seven at minus one twenty. So there's this one's kind of interesting in the fact that the spread's kind of a little bit all over the place right now. And then uh, the first half has uh, Will Hill has a plus four on the Panthers and twenty four and a half minus one twenty. Um, there's a three and a half out there, so it's a pretty good mix of what of what people might think about this game. How, how are you feeling about it? Before we start with that, what do you think about moving the juice with these numbers? Like on seven, I can see it. But what about these like minus six, minus 20s, minus six and a half, minus 20s? Is it, is it, I, I feel like we're trying to reinvent the wheel a little bit, don't you think? <laughs> well, I, I think it's dumb to have a, a juice on six. Yeah, that's, right? That's stupid. Six and a half, yes, because. <laughs> There's just such, you know, you're at such a worse spot. You know, you, you take like, say you take 40,000 on minus six and a half and you weren't getting many bites at plus six and a half. And then you go to seven. And if you leave it flat and a guy comes in and whacks you, I mean, you know, there's a good shot that a number could actually land on seven. I'm not as scared of seven for sure as I am with three, but. Um, right. Yeah. Three is the number that for sure you can, you can die on and just go 20, 25, come back to even, you know, and play with it there. I just think, like, now I see all these things at six and a half and and six, and, you know, when it gets to seven, okay, you can play with it there, but I just feel like, I mean, I've been explaining it at the counter for a week straight, and it's just <laughs> really killing me. I'm like, oh, what are we doing? Let's just take bets, but I don't know. It was just a little rant I just wanted to go on. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's totally understandable. Yeah, I don't, like I said, I don't really get juice in six. I mean, you know, either be at six and a half and uh, low juice on the six and a half, or you just go to six and you take it back yeah. to six and you go back to six and a half. So right. that, one, I, that one I don't really, really see what the purpose of that is, um, especially when you got other people in town dealing seven plus, minus 120. I mean, you're obviously right. going to take that, so... You know, but then again, you know, tourists, I mean, you know, we're talking to you guys. I mean, these are the things you got to be aware of when you come to the windows and, and, uh, you know, learn the lessons, you know, make sure you don't lay a bad price. There's, there's better places that want your action that are giving you a better number on the side you want. So make sure to shop around. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, as far as the game out, I don't know. I, I'm, again, this is the other game Sunday that I'm looking forward to way more than the other one. Uh, just as far as entertainment value, watching sure. it. Um, I read a great statistic about this one. Um, dome games go over, plain and simple, uh, in the recent in the past. Uh, yeah, right. in the playoffs. They just go over. So I don't see anything in this one to expect anything different. I like the total over. And uh, that being said, I would like the Saints because you gave me a great well, – 
what was the thing you gave me on the last show about the team that won two? They usually sweep. Yeah, it was a pretty. Uh, I think it was since 1970. The uh, I want to say it was like 60. It was like 66 to 70 percent somewhere in there that the right. team actually gets swept. So it's a decent decent amount. Um, you know, two out of every three times, kind of a thing. So that does bode well, obviously for the Saints. Um, but as I kind of mentioned uh, on on the last show. I don't think that Carolina's played particularly good in the games they've played against the Saints. I think they're much more capable of a better game. So I think they're dangerous, but I've also seen uh, respected players playing the Saints when it was at six and a half. So um, this is the one that I'm not real crazy about. Kind of the same way I feel about the Titans Chiefs, honestly. Um, and I think if you're like if you're looking at Chiefs, maybe you, you tie that to the uh, Saints. Uh, for the two-team teaser, but other than that, I yeah, I'm not crazy about it. I, I'd probably bet the over if I was going to do anything in the game. And I did like, right. uh, but I, but it, weirdly, I like the over in the game, but I kind of like the under in the first half because I kind of feel like they might be a little bit tight early on, just because their defenses are capable of of uh, putting it together. But it's it's a game where it'll be a lot about flow, and the Saints can get rolling in that building. So um, it's kind of a flip-flop kind of a game for me. I'd probably play the first half under, game over, and then look to get that uh, second half over. Wow. Yeah, all there, over the place. There was a lot. Yeah, I was trying to keep track of that. I got confused myself. <laughs> that was pretty That was pretty good. Um, I think we could pre-print the tickets. We should have started on uh, Tuesday when the lines were pretty much set on the two-team teaser, KC and New Orleans. That Sorry. one – that one has been the two-team teaser special of the week. And then the other games, you kind of get a little bit of both action because, you know, if you can take Buffalo plus 16 or 16 and a half, something like that, a lot of people are looking to do that. So, and take Jacksonville down. Same with Atlanta and the Rams. That one's been kind of mixed as far as the teasers. It's pretty funny because teasers don't get played as much, you know, during the year, during the season by the regular customers. And right. then it gets to the playoffs, and everybody wants to do a teaser. They don't yeah. even, you know, they don't even know what the price is. They don't know what the payout is. But you know what? <laughs> Give me a teaser. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. You know, because so, the money line parlay does not pay enough this week. If you take all the money lines with the favorites, it's no fun. Right, it, it, right. it barely pays a little better than uh, I think it pays like two to one or something like oh. that. I, t- I I had a few banged out today. I was like, wow, four game parlay, and you're paying two to one. Sounds like a real special to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the money yeah. the money line parlay is a horrible idea. I, I get the feeling yeah. that somebody's got to pull an upset here, right? I mean, one of these teams. I mean, I could even see the Bills in theory beating Jacksonville. It wouldn't be the craziest thing I've ever seen, but their D better play really well in that game. Yeah, I mean, that one actually would be the most surprising to me of the four uh, dogs winning, but it still wouldn't be a total shock. I mean, mm-hmm. Atlanta could go beat the Rams theoretically Carolina I think would be a pretty big uh not a big upset but that would be a big win for them to go into New Orleans and win especially with their recent history I mean they haven't beat them in uh three years head-to-head either home or or away so I don't know that's they all four can't win I mean they did last year (laughs) they're still talking about it right I mean you, you read all the articles everybody's talking about oh wild card weekend last year was such a disaster for the books Yet somehow the lights came on the next day. Everybody was open. Yeah, Everybody was yeah. fine. You know, so it can happen. But 
I don't know. For for the story forward, don't you want one of the dogs to win? Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. It'll, you know, shake things up a little bit. I mean, I think it would be hysterical if the Titans won. I mean, that's the one I think that just would crack me up. I mean, what's the spread Tennessee at New England? <laughs> oh, man. Who's back on the Titans in that game? Uh, you better find a number to get somebody to do it. I don't know. <laughs> but he might have to put up 14 to start. Oh, man. He might have to put up yeah. 14 in the first half. Right. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I mean, what did you make of this this uh, this hack job uh, story? I don't know if it, people are calling it a hit piece. People are calling it, you know, a great piece of journalism and everything in between uh, of this story with the Patriots. I, I I read it. I know what I thought. Did you come out come away with anything from it? I believe it. I I completely believe it. I I think that that stuff's real. I think that there has been a lot of weird things going on for them this year. And, you know, it's like one of those things where there's smoke, there's fire. And I'm sure there's things in there that weren't factual, just like any big, you know, giant piece without a whole lot of quotes from anyone close to the team. But, you know, who the hell's going to go on record with this kind of stuff? Oh, there's not a person. There's not a single person that would say, oh, yeah, put my name on that quote. Yeah. You know, because you're you, they won't even let the, the ink dry and you're out. I mean, they'll find you and tap you. You're gone. You, you said what? You're out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I mean you know no one's gonna to lay claim to any of it, but yeah, the trainer thing is weird. There's there's that that whole dynamic is is totally strange, and you know we saw the results of Jimmy G going to San Francisco. That trade they didn't get enough. I mean a second no. round draft choice. Obviously they didn't get enough, and Belichick knew that that was going to be the next guy, and that was going to keep him coaching until he was seventy maybe if that's what he wanted to do. So, I mean, he, yeah, he should be ticked off, you know, if he was forced to trade him. Um, it's just weird that Brady has that perception as that team guy. He always takes less money, he's, you know, this, that, whatever. But when someone was there, um, you know, right there to then succeed in his spot behind him, he made it a point to say, yeah, you got to get rid of this guy. I, I, it's just weird. I think he just knew Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is the type of guy who would literally trade Tom Brady. Like that's the biggest piece of this that I think everybody is underrating. And I think that might have been his plan. Because I mean, you, when you read that article, and it made very good points that of things that I saw late in the season from Brady is that you know he he isn't quite as sharp as he's been. And um, while you know he's still Tom Brady, and he's gonna you know, still be great 80% of the time is still better than 150% from half the league starters. Uh, Bill won't hesitate. He's there to win. And if, you know, he feels like Jimmy Garoppolo is ready and is a better quarterback then Tom Brady's going to be out of town. I a hundred percent believe that he would do that. He would be out of town before he would be benched, right? Oh, yeah, because I think he knows Tom well enough that Tom would never take a benching. And especially with the way the league is, um, there'd be plenty of teams that would throw a first-rounder at the Patriots to get Tom Brady. So, you know, he could go to one of those kind of Cush, Peyton Manning-esque Denver roles and, and, you know, that's all they're missing kind of thing, like Jacksonville or somewhere like that where the team's already built for you. We We just need the leader, the signal caller. So... I think that's maybe what he was setting up for, and I think that's part of the reason why they left uh, Garoppolo 
his contract wasn't, you know, his contract was going to be up and they could have got a first round pick out of him during the, during the draft time and Belichick hung on to him. And it just doesn't make a lot of sense to pass a first round pick for a backup quarterback. And then now you throw him away for a second heading into the postseason. Doesn't make sense. Right. And, and, and Brian Hoyer is your backup. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that is not really a, a, a good backup plan. So, you know, if, if Brady gets dinged up, the show's over. Like they're sure. in there. It's done. Like it would be uh, a complete wrap for me. I don't think they would get to the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, I could see Belichick, you know, making that move or having that plan in place. I just can't believe that the guy, the owner just didn't say, you know what? Bill maybe knows what he's doing. Let's talk to Tom and let's just tell him and then say, look, man, this is the best guy's going to play. If it's not you, we'll find you somewhere to go. I mean, let's just keep it real. Just enjoy the ride now. I can't believe that they could. I mean, I guess egos get involved. And, and they're friends. Different things. And friendship is a, is a big deal, man. I mean, people a lot of times do some crazy things for their friends. So I guess know, so. And, I mean, it's not like he's trading a guy that never won anything. And, right, Brady, yeah. Brady. I mean, in most in most situations where you don't have the mastermind of Bill Belichick, you know, you're going to let Brady just ride it out, man, and say hell with it. I mean, what do we go six and ten? Who cares? We won five Super Bowls or whatever. You know, I mean, you're you're just not as concerned maybe with the short term future, knowing that at some point you're going to deal with the long term future. Plus, I don't know how long Robert Kraft might have thought Belichick's going to continue to coach. I mean, what he coaches Garoppolo for two years, and now Brady's off on another team, still doing well, and now he doesn't have Belichick. He's just got this kid Garoppolo. It's just still a question mark until you start 16 games a year. So I, I see both sides of it. Um, I lean towards Belichick. I mean, the guy to me has just done so much with, with teams that weren't nearly as good as some of the teams have won Super Bowl. So uh, I'd listen to him, but I, I get it. Can you see him coaching anywhere else? Absolutely. Football is his life, man. <laughs> Football's his life, and and I don't think he's the type that wants to go out like this, you know, where he he feels like he's getting pushed aside for the egos of a forty year old quarterback. He probably took this very personal, I think, and I I'd be amazed if he retired. I think that'd be even more shocking than this whole ordeal. I think he immediately wants to go back to coaching. The papers in New York calling for him to coach come back home to coach the, the giants. giants yeah I yeah that. did you see that i don't know yeah. man it's funny every I mean, who wouldn't want him to be the coach obviously especially after a train wreck they just are are getting through with but man i don't know that would be that would be pretty uh that would be pretty cool actually it would be a pretty good story if he you know somehow whatever the way this story ends this season and then he's not the coach of the patriots and he goes to coach the giants or you know whomever I mean, he's not going to Cleveland, obviously, but somewhere it would be a it would be a pretty good story. So I had a, a guy I know uh, that told me that the Patriots story about the Patriots story days before it came out. And, okay, and he also told me and got me way too excited. But he told me that the uh, the Bears might be getting him. What? Apparently, apparently he like he liked uh, Trubisky. So, wow. Yeah, I, I'm like, no way. Like, I would just freak out. We don't get that lucky. So I don't expect <laughs> it to happen. But I just like the fact that he brought that story to my attention before it existed. And it was pretty much everything he said in the story. 
So, uh, would decent, the Bears pay source. this guy? How? I mean, how would you not play Belichick? You, oh, you would I have mean, you, to. But I, I think mean, you, you, got... you just you back up the truck and just tell us when. Right. I mean, if you want to win, I mean, this guy's. Jeez, I mean, this guy's a complete winner. I feel like he's the type of guy that can walk in tomorrow, and if your roster is, let's say, top twelve in the league, you could win the Super Bowl next year. Like he's that good. Right, so, or at so, least, yeah, yeah, you would give you would give yourself the best shot to, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, yeah, I, I think <laughs> that's one of the reasons why I think he would leave because I think he knows. I mean, John Gruden just got ten years, a hundred million dollars. I mean, what's Bill Belichick worth? And Gruden hasn't coached in how long? Yeah, uh, I mean that's boy, that's a whole years, that's a whole right? right? Yeah, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. I mean, I can't. I mean, but you just gotta make sure one guy likes you, the guy that writes the check. Oh, After yeah. that, you figure it out. I mean, I don't know what Gruden sold him, but he's he's in. He's going to be the coach of the team when they come here. Right. I can't wait to see how that goes. <laughs> I just I don't I don't know I don't I don't think it's going to go well myself, but uh, we'll see. I mean, if he surrounds himself with the right assistants and and they have success right off the bat, forget about it. If they don't, man, he's going to be a lightning rod. Oh. Oh yeah, no question. Yeah, yeah it's funny. I, I had a uh, from most of the most of the experts I've been reading. They said they were very uh, impressed with the guys that um, that he was targeting. I think he was trying to get the uh, the Bengals DC to come there, uh, who's highly regarded in the league. And then uh, I forget what offensive coordinator he's getting. Oh, the Jets coordinator who worked all that magic with Josh McCown this year. Right. So. Um, you know, they think with the choices that he made that he only has to be the leader or the figurehead and, and then the guys that have been actually coaching are the ones that are going to be calling the plays and running the schemes and all this. Well, it's a story to, to be told here very shortly after they – after they uh, he's calling the Kansas City-Tennessee game, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. And then he's I, done. There's yeah. he's announcing it right after, the, uh, right after the game or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, should be interesting. Um, what do you think going forward? Um, do you think the Eagles have a chance of winning a game next week? <laughs> um, man, uh, they looked so bad the last two weeks. I mean, a matchup will have a lot to do with it. I think you know. I think that's going to be the key for them. Is what... if they play the Saints, are the Saints favored? Yes. 100%. The Saints are favored in Philly for sure. Yes. Yeah, I, I would say three. And yeah, see that's what that's the number. Yep, I said the same thing. How about uh, who else could go there? I guess Atlanta could go to Philly. Yeah. Atlanta would be would yeah, be favored at Philly. No way. Oh man, I top of my head, I would say pick them. I, I think say, I was going to say one. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Yep. So those two, I think, are the only options. Uh, well, I would uh, automatically get uh, Carolina. Or no, I'm sorry. No, Atlanta, right? Atlanta's a 60. Yeah, Atlanta's so, a 60. So, so Atlanta so, goes so there. If the Rams won, then they'd get the Panthers. So what do you make that one? Ooh. I think, actually, same line as Atlanta. I, okay. I think it would be. I think it would be pick them or... If Carolina wins impressively, Carolina could go there and be favored to open. But I think um, 
Well, that's kind I of think I would. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of my anticipation is that if they win these road games, that's impressive enough for them to be a favorite on the road in that game. Just with okay. the with the Eagles, because I think the books are going to be having to beg for Eagle bets. That's oh yeah, problem, right. Know? Yeah, no, but I mean, they're. I think we had twenty to one to win the Super Bowl today, yeah, somewhere yeah. in that neighborhood. I mean, yeah, if no we just bumped them. them up, nobody wants them. Forget it. And the Rams are down to like seven to one or six to one to win the Super Bowl at our place. The Saints are below ten to one now. Um, Atlanta's still really high because they got obviously win three road games to get there. Um, in the AFC, what do you think? Uh, if the Patriots host the Chiefs, it was eight and a half week one, and the Chiefs, you know, ran up and down the field. Kareem Hunt came out that week. That was his, you know, coming out party for his career. Um, it's going to be 10, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, I was going to say um, that it would it'd be like eight and a half, which was their original line in the week one that they got, you know, whooped in the fourth quarter. But. Um, yeah, I mean, don't, I don't know. Don't yeah. the books pump the pump the lines up on the team that have the buy? Uh, that's that's always been a pretty usually, big, uh, yeah. usually a point. That, you know, there's an inflated game, price. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. The Patriot games have always been weird to me with what the spreads are. So they're a tough one to crack. You still think Jacksonville, if they win this game uh, Sunday, can go on the road to Pittsburgh and win? Absolutely. I, I I mean I don't even think they're completely out of the consideration to represent the AFC. That's how good I think Jacksonville can be. They just have those that whole thing with Bortles is the X factor, man. Like they just have to make sure that he just stays composed and they you know, they find a way to run the ball effectively enough for him to not have to make, you know, the best throws in the game kind of thing. But at some point, he's got to make one throw. That's what I always say about these games. You, you're, there's going to be a point where your quarterback has to make the throw that will make the difference in that game, whether it's in the second quarter, uh, you know, into double coverage or whatever the case may be. Uh, there's going to be a situation where Bortles has to do it. And I, I think he can, man. I think it's just a matter of how well the rest of the team plays. And I think they're capable, really do. We're going to see what Leonard Fournette's made of here. In this little, you know, starting to starting Sunday, but he's going to get the Brock. You know, he's going to oh, get the ball no a lot. Uh, I saw his career high in carries is twenty eight. I expect him to get that Sunday. Yeah, for sure. I, and you know, as long as he stays healthy and they can take that on the road, they're in. They're going to be in games, no question. Well, it's like my man uh, Doug Marone said, man. How many times do you want Blake Bortles to throw the ball? Zero. <laughs> That's my one of my favorite quotes of the season on the show. The oh, first no time question. you said that, I couldn't stop laughing. And it's so honest and so true, but it's their <laughs> it's their way to success, right? No I mean, question. If he doesn't have to throw, we're winning and we're going downhill. We're 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 punching you in the mouth and possessing the ball. Yeah. That's that's all we want to do. We're not and gonna D- we're not gonna disguise it. Our D's taking a break. They're relaxing. They're getting they're getting uh, plenty of time to recover from the last drive, and and we just ran the ball thirty one times up the field for ninety one yards and touchdown. Here we go. Right. Yeah. Uh. Well, it would be a dream. It would be hilarious, and it's going to make for a great show. If after 
say the favorites all win. Kansas City goes to New England and wins, and your Jags D gets it done in Pittsburgh. You know who hosts the AFC Championship, right? The Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars, <laughs> baby. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. Right? Yeah. I I mean, what do you make that, that line? Oh, wow. Well, they got to be favored. That's a skill right? shot right there. They of course they're favored. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. yeah they got to be favored. I mean, it would be impressive if the Chiefs won too, but I think everyone would chalk that up to the, the turmoil that was all of a sudden unraveled in the media. They'd say, oh, the Patriots weren't focused. And, Oh, that's, that's probably, the ready-made story, isn't yeah, it? That's what's yeah, going to happen, yeah. even if they lose to, to Pittsburgh in the AFC Championship sure. or Jacksonville. Oh, oh sure. yeah. Super Bowl it's, even. Super Bowl know. even, yeah. Right, yeah. This is, that's, that's set up on a tee to be, the, uh, to be the scapegoat, you know, for the story why they lost. Yeah, I don't exactly. know. How about Jacksonville at New England, if that's the AFC Championship? That's a um, tough number to make. Yeah, I think I think you still have to give. Yeah, it, I'd say at the bare minimum, off the top of my head, I make at least seven and a half. At okay. Least, you know, I, I and there's a chance it's even higher, but you'd kind of have to go over the the intricate numbers and all that to try to figure that out. But yeah, you can't can't have them laying less than seven because everybody loves betting on New England. I mean, I think you'll see the teaser line there. That'll be the nine and a half number, mm. at least to start. Right. You know, to right. to make sure that you don't get anything cheap with New England. That would be kind of a tough total, though, to, to tease. I feel like it's it's a game that could get out of control for New England. Uh, they could pull yeah. them out, uh, or Jacksonville's D shows up and it's a low scoring game. So that's a tough one, man. I think a total would be tough to tease. Yeah. Well, I got one little piece of late breaking thing here as we're as we're running, oh. running out here. Uh, Mo said that uh, it's you got to bet six twelve Texas State minus one in college hoops tomorrow hosting Troy. They're the goods at two o'clock Saturday. Wow! Yeah. All right, there's a little bonus play right there for you. <laughs> ha, ha, I don't even. Uh... I wouldn't even know what conference those teams are in, but okay. Oh, yeah. Mo, I tried to search for it on yeah. uh, Don Best, and I couldn't even find it. It just automatically <laughs> deferred to Texas because I was like, Texas State. I was like, is that the team from Unnecessary Roughness, the Armadillos? Right. <laughs> I was totally lost. Uh, I love college basketball. Uh, yeah, 6-11, 6-12. Wow, it's a pick game. Minus yeah, one, Texas yeah. State. That's what he said. Okay. Said, yeah, that's yeah. the side. All right. 2-30 start. Um you have any opinion uh, on the college football? I know it's not your forte, but on the national championship game, uh, just on the people I've talked to, I take Georgia. That's all. That's all I can really tell you about it. Okay, I'm with I'm with them. Actually, cool. I kind of I like Georgia as well, and for no other reason than I just really don't want to see Alabama win. I mean, I got to sure. be honest. I, I you know everyone <laughs> everyone's on them. They are great. The defense is so good. But George is a great story, and they can run the ball. So we'll we'll see on Monday. But I just wanted to get your quick hit on that one because sure. we're not going to reconvene until that one's over. Right. So uh, how about that other college football game that's tomorrow? Do you know anything about North Dakota State or James Madison? Oh, man, no, I've been so focused on the NFL stuff for work and, and the fighting that I haven't had a chance. I usually am paying a lot of attention to the FCS, but I haven't got to. So, yeah, I'm not sure about that one. Maybe okay. check me on Twitter tomorrow and see if I got anything. All right. North Dakota State seems like the side to me there, but 
They're playing it in a place called Frisco, Texas, which is uh, apparently outside of Dallas, a neutral site right. game for this yep. game. Yep. Kind of, sh- I didn't know they had a neutral site for for this championship, but um, that actually makes me like North Dakota State more. I thought the game was at one of their fields, but yeah. So that's the little one, little blurb to keep an eye on. Right on. All right, Big Dave. Well, I'm gonna lead us out here, and I got something classic for us, uh, music-wise, to close the show. So, thanks for joining us on Cash Considerations. And Dave, you want to say anything real quick? Nope. Just follow right. along, keep listening, shout it out. Thanks, Perfect, brother. Man. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next time.